This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. On the road, a big victory in a hostile environment, a game that they played very well, well enough to win, and almost didn't win because they were trailing with 2-12 to go before finishing the game on a 9-4 run. So the Knicks have a couple of days off. Game two is also in Cleveland on Tuesday night. Then you have two more days off, and then the series shifts to Madison Square Garden Friday night, an 8.30 tip-off, late tip-off here in New York City. Of course, our pregame coverage that night will begin at 8 o'clock, and then a quick turnaround to a matinee on Sunday afternoon, a 1 o'clock tip-off, 12.30 pregame for game number four. So that sets the week up for the Knicks. Uh, quick update on other uh, items around the sports world in the NBA playoffs. The Nets, as expected, lose game one in Philadelphia handily, 121-101. to Brooklyn does not have the firepower to match the 76ers, at least the 76ers as presently constituted. Something always seems to happen to Joel Embiid and or James Harden in the postseason, but for now both were healthy and more than able in this game one victory. Harden especially, 23 points, 13 assists, and 7 for 13 from downtown. Game two of that series is on Monday in Philadelphia. Brooklyn will be lucky to get a game in that series, uh, barring an injury to Philadelphia. Boston just ran it up on Atlanta. They end up only winning by 13 points, but a lot of that was in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Again, Atlanta completely overmatched in that series. That should be Boston-Miami. I still think Boston would win that pretty handily, but at least it would be a more competitive series. So Boston wins game one. Philadelphia wins game one. And the Knicks, the only road team so far to win game one. Golden State at the half leads Sacramento 61-55, to so they may be the second road team to win game one today. And then you got four more game ones tomorrow. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, the last series to get going will be miami and Milwaukee. You have the Lakers at Memphis, which outside of Knicks Cleveland might be the most intriguing first round series. You have the Clippers in Phoenix, and then you have the Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets. That's the late game tomorrow. That series has very little juice. The Yankees bounce back from two straight losses to the Twins. They beat them six to one. They get the first good pitching performance of the season by Domingo Herman. It was perfect through five and a third innings, and he struck out a career high 11 batters. Anthony Rizzo, another home run. Kyle Higashioka, a home run. Anthony Volpe steals three bases. Little by little, he's starting to do things that impress you. Uh, for those that look at his batting average and see that it's below 200 and want him sent back down to the minor leagues, if the Yankees continue to win and he continues to contribute in these ways, he's not going anywhere. And the Mets are really finding the right opponent at the right time. Another win against the A's. This one tougher than it was on Friday night, but 3-2. to two. Uh, Pete Alonso, seven home runs now in his first 15 games. He had another one here that is tied for the second most in the first 15 games of a season in Mets franchise history. The eminently likable Jeff Kent had eight in the first 15 games of the 1994 season. But the big story is the Knicks and what they did and how they did it and what this means going forward in this series. They take game one on the road. If they could take game two on the road on Tuesday night, then you really have something to get excited about. But reason to get excited about this game one victory as they had to come from behind, down by a point, 2-12 to go to win it 101-97. to Your reaction, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones and start things off this hour with Joey in Brooklyn. What's up, Joey? Hi, how you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Good, good, good. Um... I think it was an okay win tonight. Uh, I'm, I wasn't impressed by the win, honestly. 
these are two evenly matched teams. Um, the only player for Cleveland that showed up, obviously, was Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Everybody else didn't show up tonight. I don't believe uh, I don't believe uh, Mobley will have eight points the next game. I don't believe the Cavs will shoot ten of thirty-one in Game Two. Um, we've seen we've seen we've seen from years past a lot of road teams coming into the playoffs. They always, most cases, they always try to steal Game One due to the fact that the home team always comes out complacent, waiting for the crowd, trying to energize. And unfortunately, tonight the Cavs came out flat. These are two evenly matched teams. Um, as we've seen in 2021, the Knicks had a 1-0 lead against Atlanta and lost four straights. Um, they, they, they have, in order for them to win this series, they have to come out strong next game and not be just uh, confident they took game one and they're satisfied with that win. In order for them to finish that team off, they got to win game two. Now, I want to see how they come out next game. And put the put the put their foot down their throats. I believe that's the only that's the only way they're gonna win. Um, I believe if they lose game two, Cavs they're a good road team. They can they can steal one. Uh, they can take one at, uh, at at Madison Square Garden. And uh, if Emmanuel quickly plays the the way he played tonight, he was atrocious tonight. I don't think they can win a game after that. Listen, Jimmy, know your thoughts about that? Let me, yeah. Let, let me let me respond to some of that. I, I you make some good points. Uh, Cleveland, are they going to shoot ten for thirty one from three next game? Likely not, especially with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. But by the same token, I don't know that the Cavs can expect Jalen Brunson to be a non factor in the first half, and I don't think the Cavs can expect Emmanuel quickly to not make a basket all night or the Knicks to shoot eight for 29. That's why it's such a good sign that the Knicks, this was not by any stretch a perfect game for the Knicks or an overly impressive one. And yet they still won a game against a good team in a hostile environment. And you've got to love that part of it. No, no, I, I agree. I agree hundred percent. But the thing, but the, the, but the thing is, is Jalen Brunson, even though foul trouble, he did end up with 27 points. Uh, Julius Randall had a decent game in um, heart. Had 17 points. Uh, um, it's tough to do it. It's tough to have a third third scorer come out like that. Um, I want to see in game two who's going to step up for the Knicks. I don't believe Josh Hart's going to have 17 points in game two. So and they were, uh, with, uh, they were typical. And thanks for the, thanks for the call, Joe. They were typical Josh Hart points. They were hustle points. You know, they were offensive rebounds and putbacks and grab the defensive rebound and do a one man fast break that he does so well. It was a typical Josh Hart night. Look, Barrett was 2 for 12 and scored 7 points. Quentin Grimes was 1 for 4 and scored 5 points. Quickly was 0 for 5 and scored 3 points. Those are three guys who carry a pretty big scoring load throughout the season. Especially Barrett, who's nearly 20 a game, especially quickly. Grimes late in the season was a 20-point-a-game score over the last two or three weeks of the season. And those three guys in this game combined to score 15 points. Combined for three guys, score 15 points. Now, it was a low-scoring game. Cleveland is the best defensive team statistically in the NBA. So you weren't expecting a shootout or a high-scoring game. It was very physical. Uh, At portions of this game, it felt like kind of a rock fight out there where defense is clamping down, playing overly physical basketball, and it affected the offenses. So there weren't a lot of points to go around 
for the Knicks next game, what you want to see different is you need to get more people involved offensively in the first half. Randall was so important. You can make the Randall, you can make the case, was the most important guy in this game. I know Brunson scored 21 in the second half and had two huge buckets in the fourth quarter to help the Knicks fend off any Cleveland rally at the end of the game. But nobody sniffed double digits scoring in the first half outside of Randall. So if Randall doesn't do that in the first half, not 100% as we know, coming back from the injury, if he doesn't do that in the first half, the Knicks could have gotten buried early. They had Randall to thank, and they had their defense to thank in the first half. And that set them up in the third quarter when Cleveland came back to tie the score at 58. The Knicks went on a 12-4 run, built their lead back up to 8, and they pretty much maintained that advantage until the closing minutes when Cleveland went on that 16-5 to run. But without Randall's offense in the first half, they got it from nowhere else. Nowhere else. Quickly didn't give them any offense all night. Barrett had one made field goal in the first half. Grimes had one made field goal in the entire game. 1-800-919-3776. Rodney in New York. Hey, Rodney. Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? All right. How you doing, man? Uh, I don't, uh, you, you, must, you must be the nicest guy in the world. You're taking these phone calls and of people saying, oh, their defense. Oh, this guy's like, I want to see how they look like in game two. Listen, a road playoff game win. And uh, any way you get it, cheating, robbing, stealing, you get that win. No matter how it is, it's a great day. You move on to the next day. You don't dissect it. You take the win, and you've taken home court advantage. Okay? MSG, Dolan better do something. He better not let these guys. There's, I think there's a two segments of actual Nick fans. There's ones that actually watch every single game, even when they stink, even when they're the Isaiah Thomas years, the Scott Layden years, last year, before. This, there's another segment of Nick fans that just tune in whenever they're good, okay? And whenever they're good, they have these crazy opinions about, oh, well, we won a playoff game, but this guy didn't play well. And uh, Julius Randle could play. He had a double-double from coming back from injury, okay? And on top, we got to get Ireland Spike. They got to call in now because I'm sick and tired of hearing the Knicks. I want to see what they look like in game two. I want to see what they – please, for the love of God, you won a playoff game, and everybody contributed. And you can even say, oh, R.J. Barrett didn't. Well, you know what? He had three shots. He made a key three, a two or three uh, key plays in the game that w- if he didn't make them, we probably would have lost. Now, we've got everybody contributing. Obi Toppin's third quarter was important. We are exposing the Cavaliers for what they are. And what they are is a one-man show with Mitchell showing up, okay? And the Knicks are a full team. Enjoy it because the ride, it may end in the second round. I don't want to hear. That's a, that's part of the second uh, segment of these Knicks fans that are on <laughs> yeah, that looking, side. They're not sure about, not sure about Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you should be so lucky to go face Milwaukee I know, in the second I'll round. I'll worry about Milwaukee when I get to Milwaukee, Absolutely. okay? Let's just. 
Let's just enjoy the moment. Live in the moment. It was a great game. We won a game. Don't look at game two. It's a playoff victory on the road in the NBA, which is very difficult. You win it by any way you possibly can. And when you get home at MSG, because on Friday, it's going to be a madhouse in there. Because on MSG, in the garden, in the playoff time, I'm telling you right now, it is the number one spot in the playoffs. Rodney, thanks for the call especially if they come home with a little momentum. And they're coming home with momentum either way because whatever happens in game two, they now have home court advantage in this series. Now, you don't want to give the momentum back to Cleveland. If you lose game two, can you withstand that? Sure. Like I said, you don't need to win another game. You can win this series now without winning in Cleveland. The Cavaliers won 30 games at home this year. They were 30-11 and at home. The Knicks have now beaten them twice in that building. In the last two weeks, the Knicks know that they can beat this team. They've beaten them four times in a row. And I had a sense before the playoffs began that the Knicks, especially because they play so well on the road, that the Knicks would benefit from starting this series on the road. You know, last time, and again, here we go comparing it to 2021 again, but last time the excitement was just so overwhelming. A, that they were back in the playoffs for the first time in eight years and B, games one and two were at the Garden. It was so overwhelming. Sacramento's dealing with that right now, and they're actually putting up a fight against Golden State. It's 71-67 Warriors midway through the third quarter. But when you're the team that hasn't been in the playoffs in forever, and your first game back in your building, the expectations are almost insurmountable. And I think the Knicks dealt with a little bit of that in 2021, and they lost game one to Atlanta. They scored 14 points in the first quarter of that game because they were tight. They were tight as a drum. They didn't have to worry about the fans' expectations tonight because they were on the road. The fans' expectations weren't for them. They were for the opponent. The Knicks went out and scored 30 points in the first quarter. Brunson scored six. Randall scored eight. And the Knicks built an eight-point lead. So I think the Knicks benefited from now, if you can win game two and then come home, and that that's where our last caller's right. That was a good call. He was right on a couple of points. But he's really right uh, when he described the atmosphere that will be inside the world's most famous arena on Friday, and especially if the Knicks come back up 2-0. It's going to be a very, very fun environment either way, and I'm looking forward to being inside that building on Friday night. Let's go to Steve in New Jersey. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, how are you, man? I'm good. Um, the last caller kind of took some of my thunder, man. Listen, I listen to this radio station often and, and all types, all, all times of days. And I am so sick and tired of some of these ungrateful Knicks fans just bashing Julius Randle. Let me tell you guys something. Without Julius Randle, this team wouldn't be anywhere near as good as we are. Be grateful, Knicks fans. Be grateful. This guy's so worried about game two. Guess what? We did our job. On, on the road, you go in and you try to take a game. We did our job. We'll worry about game two Tuesday. Even if we lose, guess what? We got home court advantage coming in Friday. What do you mean, game two? Be grateful. Julius Randle has been a godsend to this team. A godsend. Is he a perfect player? Absolutely not. But there's a few perfect players. But his upside far outweighs his downside. 
without Julius Randle in this first, in that first half, we would have lost this game. I agree. I promise you that. Especially I agree with that. Went out. We yep. would have lost this game. Julius Randle kept us in this game, and then Brunson came and closed it out. And pass to R.J. Barrett for the defense that he played on Garland. Hornets 17 points, 7 of 13. And you want to talk about quickly not scoring. Guess what? Our bench as a whole outweighed their bench by a ton. By a ton. And you're talking about quickly not playing well? Come on, guys. Be grateful for the team that we have. And like the last caller said, I don't care if you win by one point or 100 points. A road game in any in a playoffs in any sport, you win that game by any means necessary. And as a fan, you should be happy. What do you complain about? There's nothing to complain about. And they you almost let it get game away. By game basis. They almost let it get away from them, and then they fought back, and they won it at the end. Steve, thanks for the call. You look at the bench, and the bench is the difference. And this was my key coming into the series. The Knicks bench is better than Cleveland's. Cleveland has no bench. They've got no bench. Quickly, even though he didn't score a field goal, was a plus eight when he was on the floor for 24 minutes. Hart was a plus five. Hartenstein a plus 19. And Obi Toppin a plus 12. Quentin Grimes a plus 10. And they win 101 to 97. We'll take a break. I know a lot more uh, Knicks fans and folks want to get in and weigh in on their game one victory. So we'll continue with you guys as we come back here on 987 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Uh, the game of the day so far was the one we had right here on 98.7. The Knicks 101-97 game one victory in Cleveland over the Cavaliers, withstanding a 38-point night from Donovan Mitchell. Jalen Brunson had 12 points in the third quarter and nine more in the fourth to finish the game with 27 after he found early foul trouble. Brunson and Randall combining for 46 points, and the Knicks with a flurry at the end over the final two minutes and 12 seconds to pull out this four-point victory. Let's go back to the phones. A lot of fans want to weigh in, and let's go to Sean on Long Island. Hey, Sean. Hey, how's it going, guys? How's, how's everything? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I just wanted to talk about uh, the game one win tonight and how big a win it was and how annoying a lot of the Knicks fans are that that are like not realizing how big a win this was. And also, they talk about the Knicks as if they haven't been the dreads of the NBA for the last two decades. Like a win like we've gotten tonight is something we haven't experienced in so many years. It's such a big deal. And I just want to relish in it, like enjoy it. Like they act like this is something that we experience every year. A couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, uh, the fact that the Knicks won this game with no production from R.J. Barrett, basically. I mean, he played a decent game overall outside of scoring, but they got nothing from quickly. They got no offense from Grimes. Randall played his heart out. Fans act like they don't realize he hasn't played in three weeks. He just came off a severe sprained ankle, saved us in the first half. Without him, we don't win this game. Mitch Robinson, he looked like he was the best big on the court. OB was huge in the third quarter. Josh Hart's three. After Cleveland took that lead, I think that three-pointer that Josh Hart hit, biggest shot of the game. Biggest shot of the game. Definitely biggest shot of the game. Hartenstein played it tremendously well. I mean, it was a great overall win for the team. Now you have home court advantage. Cleveland isn't a great road team. I think they were like a game under 500 on the road. So we should be able to control our home court. The Garden is going to be rocking. You know they're going to be rocking. At worst, we're tied coming back to the Garden. Home court is going to be bananas. 
I'm 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 excited. I'm like I I, I don't understand what the other the the mindset of the Knicks fan who thinks that they have to prove something in game two. I don't agree with it. I think that's the proper reaction to have if you're a Knicks fan tonight, Sean. Good call, and thanks for making it. It was a great win. And that caller hit the nail on the head that we're kind of overlooking. And when you're somebody like me who's in this every day and part of the broadcast team, and this is your job day in and day out, and it's a great job, don't get me wrong, but you you tend to look at it from um, you know a business or an analytics perspective as opposed to just the – the passionate fan perspective that that last caller just presented. And the fact is, and he pointed it out very well, that the Knicks fan hasn't enjoyed a win like this since when? Since when? Right? They won game two against Atlanta two years ago. That wasn't this. That wasn't a road win. That didn't give you the lead in the series. Think about this. The last time the Knicks had a lead, a game's lead, in a playoff series was... At the end of the first round in 2013, when they beat the Celtics in six games, that was the last time. So the Knicks right now are in a position they have not been in in a decade. Because in the Indiana series in round two of 2013, they never led in that series. And in the Hawks series two years ago, they never led in that series. The Knicks lead now. And now you look at game two and you look at this series as a whole and you had a chance to win this series at the beginning, but it was going to be difficult. Now you have an even greater chance. It's still going to be difficult, but now you have the advantage. You have the home court advantage. You have the knowledge that you've beaten this team four consecutive times. You have the knowledge that you took the best punch. I mean, how much better can Donovan Mitchell be than he was tonight? He played 44 minutes and he scored 38 points. How much more can they expect from him? Now you look on the other side, can the Knicks expect more from Barrett? Yeah. Quickly? Yeah. Grimes? Yeah. Again, those three guys combined to score 15 points, and you won on the road with a hobbled star in Julius Randle, with Jalen Brunson playing nine first-half minutes with foul trouble. Enjoy it, because in addition to being a tremendous win for your team, Knicks fans, it also sets you up for the rest of the series where, again, the important point here is now you should go out and win this series. Let's go to Ruben in the car. Hey, Ruben. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Not that I want to pile on that guy a few, you know, a couple of callers ago, but, you know, he's got the, the sky is falling mentality. He's I don't, kind of I don't even know if that guy's a Knicks fan, to be honest with you. That that didn't sound like a re- – the, the, the calls that I'm getting from you and the last guy from Long Island, you guys are Knicks fans. I don't even know if that guy was a Knicks fan. But whatever. I mean, but he, he's the kind of guy that's going to go to the prom with the most beautiful girl in the school and date her, but then worry that she's going to break up with him. You know, <laughs> enjoy it for what it is now. We played ugly. You just nailed it. You know, we didn't have Brunson in the first half. Three of our, our our regulars scored 15 points. We played ugly, but as I told your screener, they played uglier. And no one's going to expect Mitchell to do what he did, but no one's going to expect our guys to do what they did. You know, in baseball, if you got a bloop single, in the box score it looks like a line drive. And if you get a win, they're going to take it. No one's going to say it's an ugly win. And this was an ugly win, but we won one on the road. You're right. We haven't been good. I'm a Knicks fan. I go back to when Willis Reed, let him rest in peace, was traded. Um, I'm sorry. When um, Dave DeBusha was traded to the Knicks 
back in the 60s, yep. and we put Willis in the middle, and then we, we, we put the Busher in the power forward. I've been a Knicks fan since the 60s, and other than 94, when I was around for that one, and we haven't had this to cheer about. So just take it, put it in the bank, and move on. That's, that's really all, all I can say. Without Randall in the first half, without Brunson in the second half, we would have been nowhere. But then Hartenstein made that great rebound tip at the end, yep. and Hart made the rebound and then the three-pointer without that. And we could have folded. We could have folded like our old suit when they took that lead with three minutes to go. But we, we dug in. I'm not a big Tibbs fan, but he went with the hot hand, and we pulled it out. And that's all you can say. That's all. It had all the makings, Ruben, thanks to the call of a very, very frustrating defeat when Cleveland took that lead at 93-92 with 2.12 to go, a 16-5 to run. They hadn't led since it was 18-16, to and Hart was hurt. You felt like that was it right there. And this team got up, literally and figuratively. Hart got up off the floor, limped over to the bench, collected himself during the timeout, came out of the timeout, and hit a three-pointer. And he's not a three-point specialist. But tonight was a night, and this is what it's like in playoff basketball, to win games in the playoffs. Look, this isn't a game against... Houston or Charlotte or Detroit, which was a patsy for the Knicks all season long. The Cavaliers are here for a reason. They're the number four seed for a reason because they're a good team. All right, so R.J. Barrett didn't just struggle shooting because he's bad. Same to Quickly, same to Quentin Grimes. Cleveland is the best defensive team in the NBA. They had a lot to do with the Knicks' offensive struggles, and that's how it's going to be throughout the series. You have to find a way to overcome that. How did the Knicks overcome that today? With Randall in the first half, with Brunson in the second, with Hart's hustle plays, and with those timely, timely plays that the caller alluded to in the final two minutes. Hartenstein and Randall getting the offensive rebounds. Brunson with the big baskets. Um, Hart, the three-pointer. And then Quentin Grimes, the two-game winning free throws. We've got plenty of more callers lined up. I promise we'll get to you as we continue. 1-800-919-3776, reacting to a Knicks Game 1 win in Cleveland here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. After Josh Hart gave the Knicks a 95-93 lead in the final two minutes, next possession, Brunson hits a step-back jumper to put the Knicks up by four. And after two Donovan Mitchell free throws and a heart miss, Isaiah Hartenstein secures the offensive rebound for the Knicks and sets Brunson up for another layup to put him up 99-95. So two crucial baskets in the final minute and change for Jalen Brunson. And he scored 27 points in his 29 minutes in his first postseason appearance as a New York Knickerbocker. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Let's check in with Tom from the great town of Eastchester. Tom, how you doing, man? What's up, Pat? How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Um, you know, this was this was a, a tremendous win tonight, um, and you said it, and I heard some callers saying it too. Uh, you know, the big difference is the Knicks bench, and, you know, quickly didn't have a good one, but I, I think so, Pat. You know, obviously production's important, but when quickly Hart and Toppin come in, the pace just changes. And I think against Cleveland, that's so important because their defense is good and their half-court defense is so good. So, like, even when Brunson is in doing great, bless his soul, he played an unbelievable game. I love the guy. But 
he plays at a methodical pace. And Barrett and Randall and Robinson, that's just a very – that group kind of plays into Cleveland's hands defensively. And when the bench comes in, it just completely changes. I think that Cleveland's bench is terrible. I would think they would be a little better in game two because it's hard to be much worse than they were today. But if the Knicks bench outplays them for the majority of the series, I really like the Knicks' chances. I like I them fully before expect the series the started, like it even more now. I fully expect, and good call, Tom, I fully expect the Knicks bench to outplay them the rest of the series. They have better players off of their bench. Now, the one key for Cleveland, the, the one area, and I gave this guy a hard time last hour because he was terrible tonight, but Karis LeVert can get hot, and he is the X factor for the Cavs off the bench. Now, is he enough to swing those minutes in the Cavs' direction? I still don't think he is. Because like our last caller said, Quickly was off tonight, but the other three guys were not. And that's a good point about Quickly, Toppin, and Hart that Tom made. They do play a different style than the starters. A lot more transition, a lot more free-flowing basketball. Look, when they're hitting their threes, when Toppin is hitting his threes, when Hart is hitting his threes, when Quickly is hitting his threes... That makes the bench even more difficult to handle because they're always going to get out and run when they can. But then, if you also have to guard against the three pointer, that just makes them extra effective. They only had two three pointers off the bench, they didn't take a lot. Quickly was 0 for 2. Toppin was 1 for 2. Hart was 1 for 2. But the two that were hit off the bench, first of all, the entire team only hit eight three pointers tonight. Eight. Eight for 29. Toppin's three pointer was huge. It was in the third quarter. Cleveland had cut the lead to five, and then Toppin hit a three-pointer to push it back to eight. So it was a very timely three-pointer. And we've already talked about Hart's three-pointer in the fourth quarter. It was the biggest shot of the game. Think about that. Knicks are reeling. 16-5 to run for Cleveland. They finally take the lead for the first time since the first quarter. And out of the timeout, the Knicks had a possession that for a while didn't look like it was going anywhere. The only reason Hart shot that shot, that's not the shot the Knicks wanted. They don't call plays out of timeouts to get Josh Hart a look from three. That's not his game. But the shot clock was down to two and then one seconds, and Hart had to shoot it. And he knocked it down off one leg because he couldn't put pressure on the other leg. It was an incredible shot. It was an incredible shot. It was one of the most important shots of the entire season. It stopped the run, and then all of a sudden, the Knicks were the team wobbling back to the bench in that timeout with 2.12 to go after the Jared Allen tip-in gave Cleveland the lead. The Knicks were almost out on their feet. They were like, what happened? We just put together this terrific defensive game. We get a gutty effort from Randall. We get Brunson turning it on here in the second half. And we're losing? After all of that, we're losing? That's the Knicks going back to the bench. So whatever happened in that huddle... At the timeout at 2:12, changed this entire game. And from that point on, the Knicks trailing 93-92. From that point on until the end of the game, Knicks 9, Cavaliers 4. And the Knicks win by 4. Let's go to Joe in the city. Hey, Joe. Hi. How are you, Joe? Hi there. Uh, okay, now, Tom Thibodeau, right? Uh, nobody's mentioning him, by the way. We're just focusing on the players. Now, those last uh, couple of minutes uh, that the Knicks were about to lose the game, if it uh, was the usual, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, they would have lost, probably. But I think t- uh, Tom Thibodeau makes a big difference for the team. I consider him one of the best coaches 
historically the team has had in Tom Thibodeau. Also, the second game is imperative that the Knicks do not relax because if they should go for the killer, you know, uh, which uh, quite often teams, when they win the first one, especially away, you know, from home, they tend to relax. So the secret, I think, for the Knicks to win the series is to try even harder in the second game because all the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers have is basically one solid player, while the Knicks have uh, numerous, you know, above-average players. So overall, they're better when it comes to a singular game, the Knicks. Over a whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, over a whole uh, series of games, uh, like a, a whole season we're talking about, not the seven games, I think Cleveland might be better. But uh, when it comes to uh, a single game uh, at a time, well, that the was Knicks certainly the case tonight, Joe. Psychologically. That was certainly the case tonight. You're right about that. Um, Cavaliers have a better starting five than the Knicks. They do. Let's not shortchange. They're not a one-man team. Donovan Mitchell's by far the best player and the most ball-dominant player on the team. We know that. They're not a one-man team. Darius Garland was an all-star last year. Jared Allen was an all-star last year. Evan Mobley might be the defensive player of the year this year. They're not a one-man team. Mitchell was really good tonight. Their top four is as good as almost any top four in the NBA, but there is a significant drop-off after that, and that's where the Knicks have to get them, and that's where in this game the Knicks did get them. You've got to win those bench minutes. The key to this series, and I don't like to go crazy about the plus-minus statistic. You get a plus-one if your team scores when you're on the court. You get a minus-one if they score. It's like hockey. It's becoming more and more popular in basketball. It's pretty straightforward. I shouldn't need to explain it to you, but I've been on the air for a long time, and it's late, so I apologize. But the plus-minus isn't the be-all and end-all, right? You can learn something from it. And in this series, I think what the Knicks need to do is their starters need to keep it close. They can dip into the negatives a little bit as long as the subs, the reserves, the bench guys are high in the positives. And that's what happened tonight. Hartenstein plus 19, Toppin plus 12, Quickly plus 8. Hart plus five, Grimes plus 10, Mitchell Robinson plus four. And then the three Knicks, uh, Randall, Robinson, and Barrett. Barrett was a minus 13. Robinson was a minus 15. So that didn't kill you. But the bench, all in the positives. From Hartenstein's plus 19 all the way down to Josh Hart's plus five. And Hart played 33 minutes. So he was out there for two-thirds of the game. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Rashad. Rashad in Harlem. What's up, Rashad? Hey. Hey, how you doing, brother? How you doing? How are you? All right. Um, I I just want to kind of ask you on, so basically from the first caller, I think the first caller on your show, one that was literally nitpicking all the negatives. The one that that wasn't satisfied with the win tonight. Yeah, I know the one. I'm listening to this. I'm listening. I'm listening to this guy, and I'm thinking, bro, you don't see not one positive from this Knicks win. He literally went through all the negatives. We we won the won a road game against the four seed. The last the last road game we won in the playoffs was ten years ago. Think about that. 
And he's in Michigan. Yes, it was Boston. Yes, correct. I I just had to say, if misery loves, if misery loves company, you're the person. It will be that caller. He will be that guy. That's all I have to say. Have a great night. Shot. Thanks for the call, man. He was definitely a glass half empty kind of fan, and he really set the tone for the show. Um, but yeah, let's not nitpick a game one win on the road against a tough opponent that you're the underdog against, and you should be the underdog. Cleveland won more games. They had a better record. They have home court advantage. They're one of the best home teams in the NBA, and they have the best player in the series. They have the best player in the series. Brunson's great, but Mitchell had the better season, and Mitchell had 38 points tonight, but the Knicks won the game. That's what we should be focused on, not, you know, what are you going to show me early in game two? Definitely shouldn't be focused on, well, what are we going to do against Milwaukee? What are we going to do against Milwaukee was my favorite of the night, I think. I forget who made that comment. I think that was my favorite comment of the night. That's like, hey, you won the lottery. Yeah, but just think about all the taxes I have to pay on that. That's, that's what that sounds like to me. What are we going to do against Milwaukee? If you're a Knicks fan right now and you wouldn't sign up right now to face Milwaukee in the second round, please call me at 1-800-919-3776. I'd like to know why. I don't think you exist or are out there. But if you are, please give me a ring and explain yourself. I'll take another quick break and continue with your calls and reactions to the Knicks' big and impressive Game 1 win in Cleveland here on 98.7 ESPN New York.